0: century doing something mean to it doing better than anybody you ever seen do it screams from the haters. got a nice ring to it I guess every super you do need music when one man all power. Jimmy Butler showed us that if one man has all the power and the belief anything is possible as Jimmy Butler leads the Miami Heat in game three to a 115 104 victory And now the Heat sit one game behind the Lakers in this all-important Game 4 that comes up on Tuesday night. The Lakers have to be asking themselves, one man had all the power on Sunday night as Jimmy Butler drops 40 points, 11 rebounds, and 13 assists. And he alone carries the Heat on his back. As we've seen LeBron do it numerous times, not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs especially, Jimmy Butler put on a magnificent performance, and now the Heat going into a game number four on Tuesday night, behind their leader, their star, Jimmy Butler believes that they are now in a series. And with that, we say welcome to Uptempo Sports 24-7 with your guy, your host, coach p and let's jump right into this jimmy butler led victory jimmy butler and the miami heat you knew going into game number three without going Dragic and bam ayabayu it was going to be a uphill battle and they were going to need a performance like none other from jimmy butler folks he did not disappoint the butler did it folks Jimmy Butler put on a virtuoso performance. The Lakers looked like they were sleepwalking in this game from the beginning. LeBron James had eight turnovers in this game. He did finish with 25 points, 10 rebounds, and eight assists, but to me, with the eight turnovers that he alone had, that cancels out his eight assists. For a total of 19 turnovers is what the Lakers have, folks. You're not going to win a game when you give up the ball 19 times. And the turnovers were terrible. Not only did they get 19 turnovers in this game, but they got nothing from Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, 15 points, folks. AD stayed in foul trouble pretty much the this whole entire game. He got... Two fouls early, before halftime he had three. That neutralized the dominance and the advantage that the Lakers had with AD and LeBron. With that being said, Miami and Jimmy Butler went on the attack. And LeBron just could not wheel the Lakers to a Game 3 victory. We have a new series possibly, folks. Jimmy Butler carried this team his will his determination his grit is what got Miami to this point his efficiency from the floor folks do you realize that Jimmy Butler scored 40 points without taking a three-pointer 40 points folks without a three-point attempt remarkable He had a triple-double. We told you that 40, 11, and 13 was his stat line. He becomes only the third player in NBA history to record a 40-point game and a triple-double. The other two players to do that, LeBron James and the great Jerry West. Folks, 17 points from Tyler Hero. 17 points from Mr. Olenek is what Jimmy Butler received in his help. LeBron, we told you he had 25 and AD had 15. Markeith Morris came off the bench for the Lakers, tried to help them out scoring-wise. He and Kuzma, both 19 points, major contributors, major from the three-point line. But folks, defensively, the Lakers did not show up. They looked a bit... Lackadaisical. I don't know if they thought because Miami was shorthanded that they were going to walk in and just get get this game, and that Miami was just going to give it to them. Jimmy Butler was like, we, "We're not going down like that." And so now we go into a game four schedule for Tuesday night with the Lakers leading two games to one. Big game. We don't know. We know that are going is right now is going to be out. More than likely, he is going to miss this series with that foot injury. They're saying that BAM is day-to-day. I'm sure that he's going to try to talk the doctors into allowing him to at least try to give it a go on Tuesday, but we'll we'll see at tip-off. But folks, Jimmy Butler, for all of those who doubted what Jimmy Butler was about, for those who doubted that Jimmy Butler could carry a team, He just put on a display of why he fits into the culture of the Miami Heat. And Miami is glad to have one Jimmy Butler. Yes, sir. The Butler did it. And I expect the Butler to again appear in game four. Now, can he give the same performance that he gave in game three? Can he give him 45 minutes? I'm not sure about that. I'm not even sure if he can put up a 40 burger because I expect the Lakers to play better defensively i expect ad to stay out of foul trouble and i expect lebron to take it upon himself to be a better defensive stopper in regards to taking on the assignment of guarding jimmy butler if he calls for it there were times in switch-offs that lebron did take jimmy butler but he did a lot more deferring, deferring in this game, where he allowed when the pick came, he allowed Carwell Pope or Kuzma to pick up Jimmy Butler, and especially against KCP, it was mouse in the house. Jimmy Butler just too strong in the low post and at the and at the elbow for the mid range game. Carwell Pope had nothing coming, and he and he uh, put him in a hole, and so I expect. Better defensive effort from LeBron. You could tell he was upset. A lot of people are making uh, a situation where I should say a lot of people are making up why LeBron walked off the floor with point seven tenths of a second or was it seven seconds? You tell me, folks. Regardless, at that particular point, the score was 115-104. They could have gotten anybody to go in. I know you need five to be on the floor. They could have gotten anybody to go in to go in for LeBron. The game was over at that particular point. You had people talking about, you know, was that poor sportsmanship on LeBron's part? I didn't see it that way. The game was over. He was pissed off as well as he should be because he did not play well, nor did the Lakers play well as a team. If it had been the last game and Miami had, was winning the championship and he walked off the floor like that, I would have had a problem with it. That wasn't the case. This game was over. There was nothing else that needed to be done except for blow the horn for the final the final seven seconds or seven-tenths of a second that was left, and it's over with. So I didn't have a problem in this, in this particular case with LeBron walking off. I really didn't. So for all those who are making such a big deal, Oh, he's a poor sport. This, that, and the other. I think you all need to relax. Do a Aaron Rodgers, R E L A X. Relax folks. Stars get upset. They, I, I can appreciate a superstar getting upset because of the fact that he knows that he didn't play his best and his team didn't play his best. No, no, Maybe he should have just walked off the floor and just went to the end of the bench. He could have done that too, but he didn't. He chose to walk off the floor as in his mind and in the mind of everybody who was watching it, the game was over with. Let's move on to game number four and what the Lakers need to do in order for them to stay in control of this series. Rebound the basketball. Dominate inside. Don't turn the ball over. And AD has to stay out of foul trouble. If AD stays out of foul trouble and they get a better performance from him and LeBron, the Lakers are still going to be pretty much control of this series. But if they allow Miami to creep back in by getting the same shot selections they got in game three, allowing Jimmy Butler to do the things that he was doing in regards to being dominant from the elbow down to the paint, and he gets the help that he needs from Kelly Olenek and Tyler Hero, the Lakers are going to have a problem. I don't think it's going to be that way. I think the Lakers and LeBron are going to watch film, and I think that they're going to bounce back in a big way. I like the Lakers on Tuesday night to win this game and go up three games to one in this series. Let's step away from the NBA series and give you a little bit of, about the WNBA and the Seattle Storm and the Las Vegas Aces. Seattle, led by all-time great Sue Bird at the point, are one game away from winning another championship. Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird leading the way. They're up two games to zero on the Las Vegas Aces and the 2020 MVP, Asia Wilson, is going to have to bring all of her MVP prowess on Tuesday night. If she wants to give her team an opportunity to stay alive in this championship series, it looks like Breonna Stewart and Sue Bird are on a mission. We'll see. Like I said, they are up two games to zero with an opportunity to capture another championship if they win game number three. It's the best out of the best three out of five for the WNBA championship, folks. So if Seattle wins on Tuesday night, it's over and they will be crowned the champion. So we'll see what happens in that series. But we're going to take a small break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about week number four in the NFL. And you're going to hear me rant as I talk about those lousy, unmotivated, undisciplined Dallas Cowboys. You're listening to Uptempo Sports 24-7. We'll be right back. All right, all right. Welcome back to Uptempo Sports 24-7 with your host, Coach P. And before we get into what happened in week four with all the NFL slated games, let's talk about the horrific performance of the Dallas Cowboys. So for those of you who are just listening to this podcast for the first time, Let me go on to say I am a Dallas Cowboy fan and I've been a Cowboy fan since I was 10 years old. I have not had the opportunity to have bragging rights or talk a lot of trash because the last time my team won a Super Bowl or was really relevant was back in the 90s. 1995 to be exact. And at the rate that we're going, It may be another 25 years before they are relevant again. This is probably the worst performance that I have seen from a football team that I call the team that I root for. And I don't know when. The defense can't stop a cold. The defense is historically one of the worst defenses ever they've given up in four games folks they've given up 146 points the average points per game being scored against this defense is 37 points a game that's unacceptable you hire a defensive coordinator who the last time he was a defensive coordinator was six years ago in 2014 When he was with the New Orleans Saints. And at that time. The last time that he held the position as a defensive coordinator. We're talking about Mike Nolan now. His defense with New Orleans ranked number 27th. Out of 32 teams in the NFL. His defense was ranked 27th. How does he get a job? You know how? Because it's the good old boys network. Mike McCarthy felt that because Mike Nolan gave him an opportunity when he was coaching, had a head coaching position, and he brought in Mike McCarthy as the offensive coordinator, Mike McCarthy thought that now he had to return the favor. Six years ago, his defense ranked number 27th. That should tell you all you need to know. Nobody was knocking down the door for Mike Nolan to be a defensive coordinator at any point Mike McCarthy said he took a season off after being fired by Green Bay so that he could reboot himself he could relearn the game get more analytically inclined well if this is what you do after being fired I would hate to see what you do if you hadn't been fired because this right here is a horror movie it's a train wreck. This team is undisciplined. This team has no motivation. This team does not know where they are supposed to be lined up at. This team is turnover prone. Your stars, your quarterback, and your running back are turning the ball over every single game. You're saying that there's. You're saying that you don't feel like that. You're that far off. You're saying that you're not going to make any changes at the top. Why not? I don't care if it was your brother that you had as the defensive coordinator. If he's not getting the job done, he's stealing money. And if Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones continue to pay Mike Nolan for this performance by the defense, they're just as idiotic as the person who brought him in as a defensive coordinator. It makes no sense, folks that we keep seeing this rerun of this movie. I thought we had gotten past this when they fired Jason Garrett. I thought you were bringing in Mike McCarthy to breathe new life into this organization. I thought Mike McCarthy wanted to be able to get a second chance to prove that he wasn't the problem in Green Bay. This is a chemistry experiment gone bad. And I don't know how many games you're going to wait before you're going to get this turned around. Mike Nolan is who he is. I don't even think it's the players as much as it's the scheme. The scheme is making the players look as bad as the players are looking. The players are looking bad. The players are missing tackles. If you watch this game against Cleveland on Sunday, the running backs were 15 yards down the field before anybody put their hands on a running back. The Cleveland Browns rushed for a total of 307 yards. I'm going to say that again. Cleveland rushed for a total of 307 yards on Sunday. That was without their top running back, Nick Chubb, who got hurt in the first quarter and did not come back. They got almost 100 yards from a guy I've never heard of, Deontay Johnson. I've never heard of that kid. He had 96 yards rushing. Kareem Hunt had 71 yards rushing. And we saw the rebirth of Odell Beckham. It was almost like Dallas Stadium was his haven because he had flashbacks as if when he played with the Giants. Odell in this game, three touchdowns, two receiving, one on a major reverse after Dallas they cut the lead down to three after being down pretty much the whole from the second quarter on double digits they cut the lead down to three and on the first play after you cut the lead to three you squib kick it it's three minutes and 28 seconds to go in the game and you have one timeout why would you squib kick it? You had stopped Cleveland on their last two offensive drives. That's why you were able to climb back into this game. If you pin them back, you, get, well, you have one timeout plus the two-minute warning. So if you're able to hold them, you may get the ball back with about a minute to go. All you would need is a field goal just to tie the game. You squib kick it, and they get the ball at the 50. What buffoon does that? You are a professional coach. What buffoon does that? That's buffoonery. That's idiocy. And, and you all are saying that no changes need to be made? Mike McCarthy is saying there's no changes that need to be made, although he threw Mike Nolan underneath the bus at his post, at his post-press conference on Sunday evening. But then you come on Monday and say you have confidence in your defensive coordinator. Steven Jones gets on a radio show and says they're not going to make any changes. That would be too abrupt. How much more of this movie do you need to see? Do you think it's going to get better? The DeMarcus Lawrence, your highest paid defensive player, comes out and says that they're soft. Folks, it's chaotic. It makes no sense. They need to go in a dictionary and look, look up the word insanity. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, inspecting different results. This is insane what they're doing. If you think that Mike Nolan is going to turn this defense around, you're fooling yourselves. Either Mike McCarthy is going to have to get control of this team, and that is Also, working with Kellen Moore, who has been terrible as an offensive coordinator. Stop looking at the numbers, folks. I know Dak threw for 502 yards and four touchdowns and one pick yesterday. He could have had four interceptions in this game. Four. Cleveland's defensive backs could not catch the ball. But Dak threw it to them four times. They only were able to catch one, and that was at the end of the game by Denzel Ward. It's a terrible pass attempt to Amari Cooper, who had a... Outstanding game yesterday, 12 catches for 134 yards. Folks, it's empty calories in regards to the amount of yards that Dak is uh, is accumulating. They're coming back, so the yardage looks bigger than what it really should be. Your quarterback should not be dropping back 58 times to throw the ball when you have a creaky offensive line and you have one of the top running backs in the NFL, you're not feeding Zeke. When Dallas went 13-3, and the offense was led by Zeke. It was balanced. 55-45, runs to pass. Zeke led the league in rushing. Where is that formula? James Jones, a former Green Bay Packer, Pro Bowl wide receiver, who works for the NFL Network, said that when Mike McCarthy got this job, That he would run the ball. Because when they had Eddie Lacy in Green Bay, they gave the ball to Eddie Lacy. And we know that Zeke is twice the player as Eddie Lacy is. Why aren't they giving Zeke the ball? I know Zeke has had some turnovers, but Zeke is still Zeke. And I don't understand how you expect your running back to be productive. I don't understand how you expect if your defense is as leaky as it is. If it's as injury-prone and can't stop a cold, why don't you give it the fixture that it needs, which is your ground game? Take the other team's offense and leave them on the sideline. Pound the rock. It's simple math. It's simple football, folks. It's not X's and O's here. It's just fundamental football. Anybody who knows anything about the game will tell you, run the ball. The NFC East used to be the conference of black and blue, where you had some of the top running backs in that conference, and that conference was a ground-and-pound conference. And I'm not saying that you have to go run every down, but, folks, you can't have your quarterback throwing the ball 58 times and think that's going to be a formula for success. It's not working. And it's not working that Jury keeps hiring these coaches that are yes men. Until he gets a coach that's going to come in, that's going to be an authoritative figure, that's going to hold these players accountable and also hold Jury accountable, they're not going to win anything else. Jury keeps talking about he wants another championship, another Lombardi trophy, before his time is up on this earth. He's not going to see that because he keeps making the bad selections of the person he puts in charge of his football team until he decides that he wants a real leader to be in charge of his football team. They're not going to win. He can pay me half of what he's paying Mike McCarthy and I can have his team winning. I can tell you that right now. They would not be one in three. They should be Oh and four, but they wouldn't be one in three. That I can can guarantee you that they wouldn't be because I would be holding players accountable. And Demarcus Lawrence makes too much money not to have any sacks on the season. And he's coming out talking about what players should be doing. They need to be talking about what the coaches are not doing and hold them just as responsible as the players. That means that the coaches are not putting the players in the best position for them to be successful. That's part of the problem, too. Stop trying to be so sophisticated on defense and just get back to the basics of tackling. They're not even tackling. That's just fundamental. Again, this is fundamental football one-on-one. Making a tackle, putting a helmet and pads on the offensive player. How about use the sideline in the Odell Beckham reverse that sealed the game? How about use the sideline as a defender and push his ass out of bounds? I mean it's just it just it's really frustrating to see a team that you've been rooting for since you were 10 years old just be just as stupid as they could be. It makes no sense, folks. It really makes no sense. And that's why they sit one in three in one of the worst divisions in the NFL after losing to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday, 49 to 38. Let me tell you about, I said I gave you the definition of insanity, right? So let me tell you, I said this on my podcast a few episodes ago. I told you all that Bill O'Brien, if he did not, at least by week four or five, have the Houston Texans turned around, I told you there would be a possibility that he would get fired. Folks, I don't make this stuff up. I don't have I don't have a I don't have any turret cars that I'm looking at. I don't have a a a a crystal ball that I can see into the future. But what you know what I do have? I have the vision of seeing idiocy and insanity, and that's why I knew that it was no way that the Texans, after paying Deshaun Watson all the money that they paid him, that they were going to keep Bill O'Brien intact as a coach or GM. So today the announcement was made. Bill O'Brien, the coach, Bill O'Brien, the general manager, was fired. He was relieved of his duties. That's what you do. When you see that it's idiocy going on in your organization, when you see that there is no coming back from the lack of leadership, from the lack of discipline, from the lack of having a game plan, going forward for your organization, you remove the person at the center of all that trouble. and that was Bill O'Brien. He should have never gotten the dual job of being the general manager and the coach. He was barely doing a good do, he was barely doing the job of as the coach and then you give him the power to be the general manager and what he what he has done. he has handcuffed your franchise you all don't have a number one pick or I mean a first round pick or a second round pick for the 2021 NFL draft. You gave away your best offensive player next to Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. You see how that's working out. He's balling in Arizona. Calum Murray can't be any happier. How's that? How's that working for Deshaun? It's not. Folks, It does not require a Ph.D. to do what these guys are doing. It doesn't. It just requires a little bit of common sense. Why would you get rid of one of your best players after you sign your quarterback to all the money you sign him to? You get rid of his best player to compliment him. That makes no sense. You see that your defense is struggling. You see your offensive line is struggling. Your quarterback is running for his life. You give away the franchise for one offensive lineman. Last time I checked, Mr. Tunsil was not Anthony Munoz. I'm sorry, he's good, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not Anthony Munoz. You know, I, I I'm just not getting why you gave up so much for Tunsil last year with Miami. And Miami's reaping all of that with the draft picks that they have that they use this year and that they'll be using next year. We have got to stop as fans allowing these organizations to continue to do the things that they're doing and then try to convince us as the fan base that they want to win. Because if you want to win, you would make better decisions. Not only for your team, but for your fans who are paying money. Unfortunately, not this season to see games because of the pandemic, but. This is how it's been. And it just makes no sense, folks. Houston got it right. They got rid of they got rid of the problem. Let's see if Dallas can follow protocol within the next couple of games if this continues, if this idiocy continues, they either they decide right now to cut loose Mike McCarthy or at least force Mike McCarthy to cut loose Mike Nolan. Because I really don't think that the defense is going to get better. And I'm starting to question John Fossil as a special teams coach as well, because why would you squid kick with three minutes and 28 seconds left and a timeout and you're down by three? That made no sense at all. Just very frustrating, folks. I'm sorry to keep going on this tangent, but it's just very frustrating to watch this nightmare of a season for a team that has too much talent to be wasted by coaches that can't get the job done. And that's the bottom line. You have coaches, our coaching staff that can't get the job done. They're idiots. I'm just going to put it out there. They are idiots. Mike McCarthy is some trash. Mike Nolan is some straight up trash been trash. I don't even know how he ever got another job. he's got he's been trash so we'll see what happens but I know you all then tune in and hear me rant about the Cowboys the whole show so let's get let's get on and move on with the results of what happened in week number four in the NFL. And we start in Chicago where the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers were going to Chicago to take on new starting quarterback Nick Foles. Indianapolis' defense, I told you that young defense, pretty good folks. Indy goes in and gets a big win against Chicago and Chicago falls from the ranks of the undefeated. Indianapolis now 3-1, Chicago drops to 2-2. Jacksonville taking on Cincinnati first pick Joe Burrow quarterback for Cincinnati has been balling folks they just have not been able to get a dub well that changed as he got his first victory at home as Cincinnati takes down Jacksonville after week one Jacksonville has come back down to earth and Cincinnati and Joe Burrow they get their first win and he gets his first win as an NFL quarterback New Orleans taking on Detroit. New Orleans came into this game without two of their starting, their two starting corners. Mr. Lattimore and Mr. Jenkins. Marshawn Lattimore, Janoris Jenkins, both out along with Jerry Cook. And of course, their are still wide receiver Michael Thomas. It didn't matter, folks. Detroit jumped out to a 14 point lead. Matt Patricia, another hot garbage, co- hot garbage coach. Why he still has a job, I have I have no idea. I have no idea why he's still in charge of the Detroit Lions, folks. And that's why you see these teams and you you ask, you scratch your head saying, what is ownership looking at? He's another one that should have been fired three years ago. He's done nothing. He was supposed to be this defensive genius because he was with the, the real defensive genius, which was Bill Belichick in New England. His defenses have been horrible since he's taken over as the head coach in Detroit. And once again, they can't hold the lead. And New Orleans and Drew Brees get back in the winning circle as they go to two and two. And Detroit falls to one and three. Seattle and Miami. Folks. Let Russ cook is a real thing. Russell Wilson goes down to Miami and they get a big win on the road. Is it time for the Miami Dolphins to unleash Tua Taga Huh? After you've seen what Justin Herbert is doing for the LA Chargers, I say maybe in another two games or so, maybe time for us to see what the rookie can do. But Seattle. Stays unbeaten. The Chargers taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For a second, it looked like the Chargers may get a, a big road win with the rookie quarterback. But Tom Brady showed you, folks, why he's the GOAT. And Tom Brady showed you why, if he can stay healthy and this Tampa Bay offense can stay clicking, they may have a chance in the postseason. As the Buccaneers continue their winning ways and get a big win at home against the Chargers. We go to Washington as they were hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore coming in, licking their wounds after they were embarrassed on Monday night, the week before, by the Kansas City Chiefs. Lamar Jackson came in and did Lamar Jackson type of things. Threw for two touchdowns, ran for one. Washington stays goes 1-3, Baltimore goes to 3-1. and one. And I just wanted to touch on this game before we move on to the other games. Just wanted to send our prayers and a shout-out to Coach Ron Rivera, who's battling cancer right now. Um, I didn't hear it on Twitter myself, but I was listening to a radio show in Baltimore, and they were talking about how people were coming at Ron Rivera for sitting down on the sidelines and folks, the man has cancer and he's getting treatment around the clock and he's still trying to do his job as a head football coach. I don't understand why we have, we don't have more compassion in this world. I don't understand why we don't have more understanding of when somebody is going through something that they can't control. This man is is battling for his life from a disease that we know sucks the life out of you. And people are taking it lightly or, or, or thinking that this guy is putting on an act. Folks, we, we have to it's just so frustrating. This year has been so frustrating and, and so at some points really depressing to see how people have acted. When things have gone astray, or I should say when things have gone array, whether it be the, the Black Lives Matters movement, whether it be us finding out about somebody losing their life, it's, it's just like, where is the compassion? Where Where is the humanity in this world when we can sit and, 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 and talk about somebody that's going through a struggle, that's fighting for their life? I just don't get it. All I can say is I tip my hat to coach Ron Rivera. It doesn't matter what team I root for. This is, it's, it's, this is about somebody's life and a person trying to battle a disease that we know is horrible to have to live with and deal with. So I uh, applaud Ron Rivera for, for being strong enough to try to stand up and continue to battle and continue to be the leader that he is for his team while he's going through his own personal his own personal issues at this particular point. We're going to keep him in our prayers. We move from Washington and then we go down to Carolina where the Carolina Panthers were hosting the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona coming off a loss last week at home, the last seconds to the hands of the Detroit Lions, thought they would come into Carolina and get a win. Carolina came off of a big win last week out in L.A. against the L.A. Chargers. Teddy Bridgewater did his thing on Sunday, and Carolina has won now two back-to-back games to go to 2-2. Two and two. Arizona has now lost two back-to-back games. So then we go to Minnesota and Houston, two teams trying to find their first win. I went with Houston this week because I knew that they had the better quarterback. Deshaun just didn't get enough help. The defense didn't show up. They are giving up the most yards. I thought Dallas's defense was horrible, which it is. I'm not letting them off the hook. But Houston's defense is giving up the most rushing yards per game. I think teams are averaging about 140-something yards, 150-something yards a game on the ground against the Houston Texans' defense. They're right up there with Dallas in, in regards to being some hot garbage right now. Minnesota able to come out of this game with a victory so they get their first win and it happens to be on the road as they defeat the Houston Texans the New York Giants and the LA Rams the Rams coming off a big controversial loss last week on the road against Buffalo return home to host the Giants who have yet to win a game this game was a lot closer than anybody anticipated I don't know if the Rams were looking past the Giants in this game but the Giants battled in this game and the Rams, and speaking of battles, you had a battle between Jalen Ramsey and Mr. Tate for the New York Giants. So Golden Tate and Jalen Ramsey folks have a history that I didn't even know about. Apparently Jalen Ramsey has was in a relationship with Golden Tate's sister and he has two children with her and they're no longer together. And it appears as though they're off the field, family issues carried on and spilled onto the field on Sunday. Folks, come on, man. Y'all are two grown men playing professional football, making a nice living. Do you have to bring your own personal issues to your job? I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. That is something that should have never occurred on the field. Leave your personal issues at home. And come and do your job. That just makes no sense at all. We're going to move from there. And we know that the Kansas City and New England game had to be rerouted because of the unfortunate event that happened with Cam Newton coming down with COVID-19. And then a staff member for Kansas City also having the virus. So the game had to be pushed back to tonight, Monday night, Kansas City. Gets a big win at home. Patrick Mahomes does what Patrick Mahomes does. And the Kansas City Chiefs remain unbeaten. New England now drops to 2-2 two and two as Brian Hoyer started this game. But Jared Stidham finished. And pretty much, he. Uh, when I say he finished, he finished all right. He ended up throwing a uh, pick six as a result of a tip pass to Julian Edelman. They closed this game out. So Kansas City remains unbeaten. New England goes to two and two, and we hope that uh, Cam is better soon, so that he can return to the starting lineup for the New England Patriots. The Buffalo Bills, folks, we told you that uh, there was a man on the Buffalo. That man is Josh Allen, folks. Josh Allen is balling, balling out of his mind for the Buffalo Bills. They take on the, as they took on the Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. The Raiders were dropped to two and two. And Buffalo remains undefeated in the AFC East at 4-0. Philadelphia and San Francisco. Philly coming into this game needing a win. San Francisco getting the return of their Pro Bowl tight end, George Kittle. They were still without the services of Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm sure that they're keeping their fingers crossed that Jimmy Garoppolo will be able to return next week. Because Nick Mullins, folks, was horrible in this game. Philadelphia got a big win on the road and got a big confidence booster as Carson Wentz hung tough in this game, made some plays with his legs, and then down the stretch made a big play with his arm as the Philadelphia Eagles were able to outlast San Francisco in this game 25-20. Nick Mullins, folks, they're down one score. Get the ball back. He turns around and throws a horrible pass, horrible pass for a pick six that puts Philly up by two scores. But yet, Colin Kaepernick can't get a phone call from anybody as a backup. This is what I'm saying, folks, and I'm not going to go on a tangent and go down that road again, but this is what I'm talking about. You don't even have quality backups in the NFL, but you can't. But Colin Kaepernick can't get another audition for a team But you got guys like a Nick Mullins that you're calling as a backup quarterback. How'd that work out for you, San Fran? I know they're hoping that Jimmy Garoppolo is able to play next week. And then the Monday night game, they got pushed back time-wise because of the um, extra game on on Monday. Green Bay and Atlanta. Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to say, hey, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, folks. He out here throwing them dimes. Four touchdowns in this game. Green Bay runs away. Atlanta goes to 0-4. Green Bay at 4-0. And they look like a real threat in the NFC. I didn't think the start this year off that Green Bay was going to be as good as they have shown. I thought because of the controversy by them not selecting a weapon or wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers that they would be a bit of a issue between he and management, he and coach LaFleur coming into this season. I was wrong. I'm not always right. And I can admit when I'm wrong. Again, this is my, you know, most of the stuff is based off my opinion. And I do have the right to my opinion, but I have also, I don't have a problem admitting when I'm incorrect about something. And I think a lot of people were wrong about, what they envis- envisioned Green Bay would be this season, because I think everybody going in really didn't know what to expect. They knew Aaron Rodgers was going to be on a mission to prove that he was still Aaron Rodgers, considering that management seemed like they were trying to usher him out the door with the selection of Jordan Love um, in the draft this past year. So I think what Aaron Rodgers has done is commendable to Aaron Rodgers. He's trying to show you all folks that he's still that guy and he's not going anywhere until he gets ready to go. And Green Bay looks like a team that's going to be a problem later on in the season. So that's our rundown for this week of the NFL in week number four. Again, I, folks, this has been a really, really tough year in the NFL for injuries. They have now stated that they have not gotten any more positive tests from Tennessee, that's a good thing. So hopefully if they're able to stay um, in a negative in regards to the COVID test, then they'll be able to play in week number five. But we'll just have to keep our eye on that because right now the most important thing is that all those players and staff members that did come down with the virus, that they are going to be health-wise Okay. That's the main thing. And I I commend the NFL for the precautions that they have taken to try to make sure that people's safety comes first. And also for all the protocols that they've uh, stepped their game up to try to make sure that teams and players are going to be accountable for their actions. We they knew going into this that there was a possibility that something could happen again. We're we're in the midst of a pandemic. But the lesser of trying to lessen anybody or any bodies from being exposed is what the NFL has been trying to do. So let's just hope that we can get through this season. But more importantly, let's just hope that people can stay safe. And so with that, we just want to say thank you for tuning in to Uptempo Sports 24-7. Remember that the Lakers and the Miami Heat will be playing in Game 4 on Tuesday night and that will be very interesting to see how the Lakers come out but before we uh, shut this particular episode down remember I told you over the weekend that Texas and TCU that TCU had won the last six out of seven against the Texas Longhorns that now becomes seven out of eight TCU Horn Frogs beat Texas again this time, Texas fumbles the ball from the two-yard line and TCU is able to close them out. Folks, Tom Herman's in trouble in Texas. I'm not saying he's going to get fired this year, but I'm telling you right now, the amount of money they paid him to come in there and turn that turn that, that program around and the length of time that it's taken now for them to be back considered upper echelon program, those alum in Texas, I I can guarantee you, they're not happy with the results right now. And they can't be happy with the fact that they keep losing to TCU. And TCU's not even ranked right now. They're not even ranked. And speaking of being ranked also, Iowa State defeated Oklahoma. They weren't ranked either. That was the first time that they were able to beat Oklahoma in a while. So, this is going to be one of those topsy-turvy seasons, folks, because, again, with the schedules being the way that they are and and most of these teams are playing nothing but conference games, it's going to be a lot different than what we're used to seeing in the past. Georgia dominated Auburn this past weekend. And Alabama do what Alabama does. They held off and dominated Texas A&M. So the Big Ten won't start until the end of this month. It's when the Big Ten will start back up. And then it won't be until November that we'll see the, Pac- the Pac-12 get started with college football. It's just going to be interesting, folks. But you have Major League Baseball playoff that started today. You had the Houston Astros against the Oakland Athletics. Houston's Bats. Got warmed up, got hot. Houston defeats the Athletics 10-5. You had the Yankees taking on the Tampa Bay Rays tonight. If I'm not mistaken, I think the Yankees won. I'm not sure what the score was, but I know the Yankees won. So we've got everything lined up, folks. we got got NBA, NBA Finals, we have the WNBA Finals, and we have Major League Baseball playoffs in full effect on Tuesday as well. So once again, you have a smorgasbord of sports at your display that you can just sit back, kick back, and get your popcorn and enjoy. And with that, we say thank you for tuning in to Uptempo Sports. We hope you've enjoyed this particular episode. Sorry for my ranting a little bit, but I'm just frustrated as as a fan of a team that I love. I'm just frustrated about the insanity that's going on in management. I just want them to get it right because they're, again, wasting another season and, and upsetting the fan base with the promises that they're going to get better. So as I always say before I depart, it's always same bad time, same bad channel. Everyone take care. Peace.